It ain't the left side or the right side, then it must be the fence side. Good morning, Dolphins fans. Welcome to another episode here of On the Fence Side with Cat and Paul. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets, as well as the fan-sided network and finfanatic.com. We are approaching free agency just two days before the free agency tampering period begins, and we should start to have a lot of news coming in. We're going to have some real emergency shows here next week to uh, take a look at who the Dolphins have re-signed and who they have uh, who they've also signed in free agency, and they've got a lot of money to do it still. But a little bit less money than the last time we talked because the Dolphins have franchise tagged Mike Gusecki as a tight end. $10.9 million he'll receive or is scheduled to receive this year if he does play for the team. Paul, I know we were both in favor of this. Yeah, it's I like it. And, and that doesn't mean that they can't work out an extension with him. He hasn't signed the free agency tender yet. I believe they've got till July 15th to work something out. So you may see him here possibly for a little bit longer than that. Um, the thing I like most about this, and, and I actually expect, is I expect Gasicki to bet on himself here and, and play out the season under the franchise tender. It's... Because of the way I think Mike McDaniel is going to be able to utilize him and p- potentially elevate his career, if I were Mike Gesicki, I would absolutely sign my franchise tender and plan to go into next offseason with either A, a guaranteed raise if I got franchised again, or B, a much better negotiating position moving forward. Right. Yeah, I, <clears throat> I'm glad they did this, and I'm glad that Mike McDaniel looked at Mike Kosicki and thought, this is an asset we need to retain. And I think a lot has been speculated that there's no way they're going to re-sign him or tag him. They're just going to let him walk uh, because he's not George Kittle. And look, n- nobody's George Kittle. The, you know, the I, I go back to what Mike McDaniel said about, you know, Debo Samuel. It's like they didn't, they didn't, the 49ers didn't plan to have Debo Samuel and then Debo Samuel appeared. They had Debo Samuel and then they operated the offense around him. And that's what I see really the mindset of Mike McDaniel when it comes to the players on this roster, like Mike Kosicki, like Jalen Waddle. So yeah, I'm very, I'm very happy about that. Uh, There's some speculation too. He may file a grievance and, you know, want to be treated as a wide receiver. I I just don't think that's going to get very far because when you look back at 2014, Jimmy Graham tried to do that. He played more tight end than Mike Kosicki did. and More wide receiver, you mean? No, I, excuse me. I, I've got that backwards. Yeah, he played more. He, he played more tight. He did play more tight end than wide receiver. But either way, I, I don't think Kosicki is going to end up winning that um, because even if, he, even if he files a grievance, okay, you want to be treated as a wide receiver? You're going to be treated as an 800-yard wide receiver. Okay, is that... Is that better? Is that going to get you $17 million a year? I don't think so. So um, I'm glad he's back, um, and we'll see if there's a tag and trade. I don't think that's going to be the case. I fully expect Gesicki to be on the roster this year. Uh, secondly, someone who may not be on the roster, um, Emmanuel Agba. And there's some speculation, uh, or it's, it's he's scheduled to hit free agency here in a couple of days, and maybe this goes down to the wire, but... You take a look at at the contract that Harold Landry signed for the for the Titans, five years, close to ninety million. I mean, 
you know, I, I still think that if it's going to get done with Ogba, it's, it, I think the max that it's going to be is like three years, $45 million. And if it's anything north of that, or Agba wants something closer to twenty, then I I think that that he ends up playing for another team next year. Yeah, at twenty million a year, I'm out on Agba. It's we're not talking about Agba's a very good pass rusher. Agba bats a lot of passes at the line of scrimmage. Agba plays the run decently, but we're not talking about somebody that's going to throw down 15 20 sacks a year year in and year out and i i can't go to 20 million on that but i can go to 15 for what he brings to this table yeah at 15 i've always been slightly in favor of resigning him um i've never viewed him as a player either that's irreplaceable like like you said really good against the run and against the pass um you know I like that the Dolphins are able to, you know, send the house and play that cover zero look, but they're also able to come off the edges in a four-man front with Ogbun with Jalen Phillips. That that's nice, but you know, I don't think he's irreplaceable. And if you're if you're telling me that instead of signing, re-signing Ogba, you're able to take that money and put it toward an interior offensive lineman like Lake and Tomlinson or like Ryan Jensen, then I, I would probably prefer to have the offensive lineman. Um, and it's it is a incredibly deep year in free agency and in the draft at that defensive end spot that he plays. I mean, in free agency, I mean, just a lot of names here. I mean, um, well, and 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 not just that, but Miami may not replace him with a defensive end. They may move Phillips down to put his hand in the dirt a little bit more, or or put AVG's hand in the dirt a little bit more, uh, and flip flop those and look at a linebacker to replace him. Somebody like Devondre Campbell that can play the outside and cover the pass a little better than AVG or Phillips can, and set them loose on backfields. Yeah, it'd be it'd be interesting to see how they how they would replace that. I see. I I think that they would place replace him with somebody who plays that same role as Agba. But it, they they could they could you know alter their defense a little bit too. I mean, but guys like I mean it's 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 deep with players that could slide into Agba's spot. I'm not saying they're as good as Agba. Mm-hmm. But they would come at a fraction of the price, like Jerry Hughes from the Bills, Melvin Ingram from the Chiefs. Um, you've got a younger guy, uh, uh, Rasheem Green from the Seahawks, who's only twenty, who's going to be twenty-five years old this year. Um, Alquadine Muhammad from the Colts. I mean, you've got five, six, seven guys that that could slide into that spot and do it at a fraction of the cost. So, yeah, I, I want Agba back, but not not at seventeen, eighteen million a year. No. It's seventeen, eighteen million a year is, you know, if you if you get Agba for fourteen, fifteen million, you can sign a decent player that that can have an impact on your team for the other five million or so that that we're talking about. If he's going to go up into that twenty million a year neighborhood, yeah. And somebody said in chat here, uh, Phillips can't play five technique. I completely agree with that, and uh, so that that's why I think it needs to be uh, a, a bigger dude, somebody who's in that same. You know, two hundred and seventy, two hundred and eighty pound range that Agba's in, uh, and and that's why I brought up the players that I did. I mean, and also too, I mean, there could be an opportunity to get Raekwon Davis, Zach Sealer, and Christian Wilkins on the field a mm-hmm. little bit more together to to replace that. So there are some options here, and that's why if we're talking, you know, north of fifteen million a year, I'm I'm leaning toward 
being out on Agba and bringing him back, even though he's a good player. Um, so in addition to that, Paul, exclusive rights free agents uh, were, were re-signed here or were retained Savan Ahmed and Elijah Campbell. I mean, I'm a little surprised that they brought uh, Ahmed back because he was actually an, un, in, an undrafted free agent signed originally by the 49ers, and they cut him pretty quickly. So, and I... I don't think he did anything last year, and, and and I don't see him being a good fit in this offense. I'm I'm a little surprised they brought him back. Elijah Campbell, um, I, I uh, good special teamer last year, makes sense for him to come back too. I'm good with both of them. It, it's the speed we saw from Ahmed when he saw a hole and hit a hole was was pretty good last year, and it was probably one of the better ones. Or he was probably the best at the speed based plays on this team last season, and. If they think that they could have him just hit a lane and go, he could be a steal for, for this team in Mike McDaniel offenses. Um, yeah. So it's it's and, and it's a low risk, high reward re-signing. It's if they take a couple guys in the draft, I don't believe his dead money if if he gets cut is anything worth right. talking about. So yeah, definitely not worth talking about. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. <laughs> So he's on the roster. We can give him the crack at it, and if it doesn't work out, we'll see you. Yep, absolutely. Um, and also, too, this week, uh, several trades made in the NFL, and a lot of news coming in as we approach free agency. Russell Wilson gets traded to the Broncos, so he goes from the NFC to the AFC. And Deshaun Watson has been cleared of any criminal charges. That doesn't mean that he that nothing's going to come out of the civil suits, but – he is, and I, I still think Watson is going to end up being suspended as he well. Uh, there, you know, if 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 there's, I mean, I keep saying they they suspended Tom Brady for four games for not deflating footballs. I mean, uh, <laughs> so the Panthers are just in from uh, from uh, Field Yates from ESPN. The Panthers are expected to make an aggressive push here for Deshaun Watson. And that was talked about here a year ago, and I, I fully expect that that's the team I point to and say that they're probably going to end up with Deshaun Watson if I if I had to guess. But Russell Wilson in the AFC now, Paul, you've got in the AFC as far as what we call franchise quarterbacks. You know, I, I say you've got six of the top seven or eight quarterbacks in the NFL. You've got Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen, um, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert. Lamar Jackson, and there's one guy off the top of my head I'm forgetting. Um, I mean, and you also have to factor into that in the AFC South, where you don't have a franchise quarterback, one team is going to win that division. So, yeah, I mean, it's the, the AFC is getting tougher and tougher as far as, as quarterbacks that, you, that you've got to deal with. It is, and... We'll see how that works out. I mean, it, it's Miami was a team that last season should have been in the playoffs. The season before should have been in the playoffs. So even with those quarterbacks, the way that they scheme up this defense, um, with the improvements that I expect on offense, because let's face it, last season they should have been in the playoffs with a floundering offense. So, And if Mike McDaniel can drop the right scheme for Tua, and Tua stays healthy, he may not be your perennial Pro Bowl quarterback. We don't know what he's going to be. 
but he's a guy that can get it done enough in the right offense and scheme. And we've we've seen that Mike McDaniel tailors everything to the strengths and weaknesses. So it may be enough. I, I think it could be. We'll we'll see. I uh, Ralph and Chad said uh, uh, about Deshaun Watson. Um, why not? us ending up with him, y'all just going to brush this off. Well, the Dolphins aren't getting Deshaun Watson, so that's why we're not talking about him. They've already publicly said they're not getting Deshaun Watson. And who knows what happens as far as the suspensions are concerned and how much he costs. And hey, look, I said, I've always said that there is very little I would pay to get Deshaun Watson if all of this is cleared up. But the precedent it's not clear. The precedent as far as the suspension goes is pretty well set by, by Roethlisberger. Um, when he was cleared due to lack of evidence sim- similar to Deshaun Watson, and it was a six-game suspension. That got reduced to, I think, four. Right, and that's that's the minimum of what you can probably expect. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, uh, yeah, I mean, he's, he's, he's probably going to get suspended a little bit. So, But anyway, we're not talking about it because they've already publicly said that they're not going to get him. So we're not going we don't go down the road and spend time on the show talking about things that are just flat out not going to happen. So let's talk about things that are going to happen and possibly could. But as far as the quarterbacks in the AFC, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough for the Dolphins in that regard because, you know, if two, I've always said the Dolphins need to take the same road the 49ers did to try to get to the Super Bowl. They need to be zigging when the rest of the league is trying to zag. And to do that, they have to have a top five defense and then have an offense that is at least good. And last year, in the last few years, it has not been good. So part of that is you've got to fix the offensive line. And I say that with an exclamation point. I've said that for, since the day Tua Tungavailoa was drafted. You don't need to surround him with four or five Pro Bowl receivers. You need to give him time and give him an offense that works for him and give him time to plant his foot and drive the ball. That's the only way this guy is going to be successful. If this is a, a D, D-plus, C-minus offensive line, Tua will fail. That is guaranteed, okay? And to that, they need to get the offensive line right and needs to start in free agency here. So a, a few of those names are starting to dwindle. Orlando Brown and Cam Robinson were placed with the, fran- with the franchise tag, so you take them off the market. And I'm going to say again, Paul, if you don't get Teron Armstead or Eric Fisher, I think I think the Dolphins have failed. There are no excuses not to get one of those two. And a lot of people disagree with me on that. I disagree with you on part of that. It's I like Teron Armstead. Ability-wise, Teron Armstead is easily the best offensive tackle in this free agency class. Um when he plays and my thing here is I look back at and I tweeted this out earlier this week alright we'll, we'll skip his rookie year 14 games 13 games 7 games 10 games 10 games 15 14 and then 8 it's we've got multiple seasons 4 of his pro seasons he's played 10 games or less and I I one of my big requirements for an offensive lineman is you need to be out there. And injuries do happen. You're going to have that freak season here or there. 
but I'd rather have, and this would be a huge upgrade anyway, good, can we agree that good at offensive tackle is a massive upgrade? At this point, y- yes, and I, I don't. If you get Teron Armstead, you're not, you're not just getting a good player. Oh no, you're no, no! I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not bashing Armstead's ability, but I would rather. My my point there is, I would rather have good or very good for 17 games than great for possibly only half or less, and that's that's where, and especially at what's probably going to be a 20 million dollar a year price tag. That's that's where yeah, I can't get in on Tron. It's going to be all right. So 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 you don't get Teron Armstead. You don't get Eric Fisher, who's who's playing left tackle for the Dolphins next year. Um, I've been debating down through. I I'd be okay with Eric Fisher. Um, my big thing's against Teron Armstead. For me, it, it's a tough one because I I had Cam Robinson circled in 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 pen, but. I mean, I might think about trying to get Trent Brown and move him over. Um, and I know he missed a little time, oh. but it's a little different. I, I, you know, it, it's I've got Morgan Moses penciled in at the other side, so I'm willing to spend some money over there. But it's it's a weird class. At see, well, see that, that that's the problem here is that okay if 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 you don't sign Toronto Armstead now, twenty two millions too much or or whatever. Uh, and and I'll go back to his ability in a second. Those are the solutions we're talking about. We're talking about okay, well, let's sign Trent Brown for seventeen million a year, and have him play a position he's never played before. That the, those are the types of conversations we get into. And I, I want to park on Armstead's ability because I think it's I think it's glanced over too much. Okay, over the last four years, he has made three Pro Bowls. Uh, he has had almost nineteen hundred pass protection snaps. He has allowed a sack, a hit, or hurry on only 47 of them. So 97.5% of the time, when the quarterback drops back, he is not getting hit, hurried, or sacked. You take a look and compare that to Liam Eichenberg last year, who had 700 pass protection snaps or so, and had allowed 44 sacks, hurries, or hits, 11% of the time. So one out of every nine times Tua was dropping back or Dolphins quarterback was dropping back, he was getting hit, hurried, or sacked. That is embarrassing at the left tackle spot. And if you don't get Teron Armstead, I, I will take Teron Armstead for 13 or 14 games a season any day of the week. I And and the thing about Armstead, too, is it's not – yes, he's gotten hurt a lot. He doesn't have a degenerative injury. He's just had a, you know, a string of individual injuries. So I don't think it's out of the question he plays 17 games. And even if he plays 13 and you've got to put Eichenberg or Austin Jackson at left tackle, I'm doing that too. But Armstead, to me, is the only way this Dolphins offensive line is going to get to be the B-plus or A unit that it needs to be for Tua to be successful. That's the reason I'm so, I pound the table on Armstead. And, and that's where, I mean, your point about Eichenberg, we're going to be playing with him for at least a few games. And, you know... There's no saying he can't play 16 games. He never has. Not once. And he was drafted he's play, in 2013. He's, he's played 14 or 15. I mean, yes. and, and, that, and, and that was two of the last three years. I mean, and, and half his NFL seasons, he's played 10 games or less. And two of the I, last three, he's played. And I'm not counting his rookie year. So he's, but he's played 14 in two of his last three. Mm-hmm. So and three I, of his last five, he's played 10 or less. Yep. 
so yeah, I mean, there is an injury concern. There's, there's no doubt, no doubt about that. But there's no degenerative injury. That's so I, I that's where I'm willing to take the risk. And yeah. and again, if you sign Eric Fisher, you sign Trent Brown, you're paying probably five million less a year. Like that's it. It's five million to possibly not have to see Eichenberg ever step on the field at left tackle, and and, and the odds are better there than they are with with Teron Armstead. Um, you know, and, and not just that. My thing too is a lot of these injuries. If Miami makes the playoffs, like like they hopefully should, he's probably not there. I I, I can't say that for sure. I I mean, he's he's been with the Saints in the playoffs. I mean, <laughs> so it's again, it's not it's not a degenerative thing with it with him. It's one thing if he had a knee problem that was degenerative, and he just physically can't hold up for an entire season. I. But yeah, he, he does miss games. There's there's no doubt about that. Um, and another option too at tackle could be Joe Noteboom has been talked about. He's and he's never been a full time starter though. And th- those are the conversations you start to have. Is he might cost ten million a year? Crazy as that sounds, because of how few offensive tackles are out there. So he's somebody that if you're going to bet on potential instead of you know Pro Bowls production, great play, then Joe Noteboom may be somebody that you look at too. Um, other than that, it's pretty thin, at, at, especially at left tackle. I mean, Jason Peters is 40 years old, but played pretty well for the Bears last year. If you want to rent him for a year, you play him at 41, I, it could work. I mean, you, you can rent Dwayne Brown. Dwayne Brown, too. He's not a great fit in the offense because he's not that he, he can't move much. But, yeah, he's, he's a good pass protector. He's 37, and but he's also somebody declining, too. Um, yeah, but a, a declining very good player? Is still leaps and bounds better than anything we had last year, and that's where I'm like, all right, I don't want to go back. I don't want to be a scenario where it's likely we have to go back to to Eichenberg and Austin Jackson at left tackle because they just aren't it. Absolutely, and I, the, the, what I what I will say about them, and this is the biggest compliment I can give either Eichenberg or Austin Jackson at left tackle is if. Armstead gets in here, plays 13 games, misses four of them. At least you have somebody with some experience to play that spot. I mean, oh, yeah. Not, and, not great, but, I mean. And they're not young even, players that haven't been coached well. Yeah, so that, well, that part of the, that's part of what attracts me as well to Armstead is you have some young options if, if he does miss. So, mm-hmm. I you know, it's, it's not like a few years ago when you had, you know, uh, gosh, who were some backup Spencer Flow or one of those guys playing playing backup offensive tackle? You know where you, you you get in and if you get them in, it's you know never have have any experience doing it. So yeah, we'll we'll see. Um, and also, it, it to me, you got to come away with Fisher or Armstead. My preference is Armstead, and you've also got to come away with one interior offensive lineman here. Um, you know, it, it looks like Robert Hunt's going to stay at right guard. Uh, I, he might kick out to right tackle once uh, Mike McDaniel gets gets further into being the Dolphins' coach here. But for now, I, I'm going to think that he Hunt continues to stay at right guard. Um, he's obviously going to be a starter next year. Other than that, you're going to have they've got to come away with a tackle, and you've got to come away with a week one starting interior lineman. And you've got a few good guys out there. I mean, Brandon Scherf. Uh, is going to be pretty costly. I don't see the Dolphins targeting him. He's played right guard his whole career. Um, 
Lakin Tomlinson, who played for Mike McDaniel and with the 49ers. James Daniel from the Bears, who's only 24, who's gotten better every year. He's very interesting, as well as Connor Williams, only 25 from the Cowboys. I think any of those four guys, you, you've really knocked it out of the park if, if you can get one of those interior linemen, as well as Ryan Jensen from the Bucks, 31, um, but does have experience in his own blocking scheme. And it's it's pretty deep at center in free agency, too. Yeah, I mean, and, and did you mention Joe Noteboom? Because he's somebody I think could come in and really help out a lot. Yeah, Noteboom I, I mentioned with the tackles. And he can play guard, too. I mean, there's yep. some versatility there. He's just – he's never been a full-time starter with the Rams. So that, yeah. that would – Well, I think, I think he could be an improvement and, and really push the pile as far as, uh, A, potentially that starter at left guard, but B – be somebody that could move around the offensive line and be that movable chess piece that's leaps and bounds better than having, say, Jesse Davis as the backup that can move around the offensive line. Right, yeah. yeah. I think Jesse Davis is certainly gone. He, he's He's got to be. Um, Should be. In the, cha- in the chat here, uh, a few things mentioned here. Uh, Eric P. mentioned uh, Brian Allen is a nice center and scheme fit. Good fallback if we don't get Jensen. I, I agree with that. You've got Brian Allen from the Rams. You got Bradley Bozeman from the Ravens. Uh, ben Jones from the Titans is somebody who's a little bit older, but has been mentioned a lot. Uh, Matt Paradis from the Panthers, who was uh, you know one of the top centers in the league a few years ago, then went to the Panthers, where everyone on the offensive line has seemed to fail for them. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I you know, or you could stick with Michael Dieter, or you can maybe stick with Dieter for now and then get to the draft and hope that. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum or Zion Johnson fall to you to, mm-hmm. to play that center spot. But either way, I don't care how you slice it. You've got to come away with at least three week one starters through the draft or free agency. If you don't, this whole offseason in my book has been a failure. You, for me, you need to fix the tackle spot. Both both of them. In free agency, um, in free agency, and You've got a lot of good ascending young players that I think have shown promise at times that you may be able to shake out that left guard spot. You've got Robert Hunt as well in there that is, is obviously in, in, in listed as a starter in Sharpie at this, at this point. And I don't hate Michael Dieter. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of good potential centers out there on the market. There's a lot of good centers in the draft. I mean, one that gets glossed over a lot in the draft is is Alec Lindstrom uh, out of BC, who did play for uh, Applebaum, and from what I understand, is a pretty pretty smart center, which is one of the big things that I know McDaniel, the Shanahan tree, all put a lot of value into intelligent centers. So there's some options there, but the the biggest thing is fixing the tackles, and then I think the rest of the line improves from there. Yeah, if you're telling me that the Dolphins are going to nail offensive tackle and push all of the other resources inside to the interior, you know, where you've got Dieter at center, you've got Robert Hunt at right guard, and you've got you've got um, uh, Eichenberger, Austin Jackson at left guard, then I think that's that 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 would work out fine. Um, And yeah, we've so yeah, it'll be interesting. One player I want to ask you about too was uh, Lael Collins. who is rumored to be uh, on the trade block here. Uh, and 
it, he only costs ten million a year. But my question is, at twenty nine, is he going to be somebody who uh, who is available? And my question to you is, would you give a second round pick for him? No. You wouldn't. No, not it's for me. My big focus is fixing the offensive tackle position, right tackle, left tackle. And we've already got at least one starter in, in, in Sharpie at guard. Uh, I do think Robert Hunt has better potential over the next three or four years than Lyle Collins does. And then f- you've got Robert Jones, Solomon Kinley, Austin Jackson, and Liam Eikenberg fighting it out for that left guard spot. Potentially Zion Johnson, who every time I try to do a mock draft, even when I try to go a different direction, he's sitting there for me at 29, and I think is a steal there. So for me, I, I, I like Lyle Collins a lot. I think he's a hell of a player. I just don't think it's the fit for what we need right now. Yeah, um, I would give up a second round. I would sign Armstead and give up a second rounder for Lyle Collins. I, I, to me... And Collins is somebody, too. He missed all of 2020 with an injury, and I missed seven games last year. Again, I, if we're talking about ability, I don't care. I mean, it, it's it, – look, because I, it, it, I, I will – I've said this before, and I'll say it again. I will always take the player who has shown the ability to play at a very high level over the average durable player, okay? all Every time, I will do that. And – it, to me, the Dolphins thinking that they, they can get away with with anything other than the best of the best on the offensive line is why we're in this position we're in. They didn't take offensive tackles high in the draft. They didn't trade up for them when they had the opportunity. Trade up for Eichenberg, which was a stupid move. But, yeah, I mean, I to me, that's how you fix the tackle spot. Otherwise, if we're sitting here and we're talking about Joe Noteboom and Riley Reef as our offensive tackles, you're still going to have a D plus C minus offensive line next year. And and for me, it, it's it's more of a, a a balance scale. It's how many games are you going to play? Like because we're not signing depth that's going. You know, we're signing depth that we're hoping can be something at at, the, at this point. If we've got Teron Armstead. And the amount of money we have to sign that depth is not great. So we've got to really potentially hit it out of the park on a low-end free agent that could be something for 8 to 10 games, maybe more. And that's where, you know, if you're talking about getting Lyell Collins, getting Teron Armstead, getting injury-prone offensive linemen, suddenly you're half your offensive line at any for any given stretch of games can be out hurt and we saw what happened in the Buffalo game last year when you've got ineffective bad play at, at the offensive tackle position they just let somebody come in and, and, and blast your quarterback now he's out for for four games and I want I want a minimum of a solid player I'm not I'm not pounding the table for what we've done the past few years but I want a solid, durable player that can get the job done. And then I think the scheme, and you look at Mike McDaniel's scheme in San Francisco, he didn't have five all-pro linemen at any time. He maybe had one here, one there, one here, one there, two here, two there. And 
he made no-name guys look good on that offensive line. And that's where I'd rather have the the durable, very good player over the maybe he's here, maybe he's not outstanding player. Well, I'll tell you this. um, I go back to the argument of Emmanuel Ogba and Shaq Lawson, where Mm -hmm. if you look at Emmanuel Ogba, the three years before he came to Miami, he missed, I don't have it off the top of my head, but he missed like three games in 2019. He missed four games in 2018. He missed eight in 27. And and the overwhelming reaction when they signed Agba, oh, well, look how many games he's missed over the last few years. And I said, this guy has incredible upside, and these are... These are one-off injuries. These are not degenerative knee injuries or anything like that. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I apply the same argument with Teron Armstead, where Shaq Lawson, when he was saying, oh, well, that's a good, solid player. The man, no. And I said, no, he's a C-plus defensive end who, who stays healthy. Like, I would rather have the Emmanuel Ogba in that situation. But there and, are injury concerns. I will, I, will, I will concede that. And Emmanuel Ogba getting hurt and missing three games – doesn't get Jerome Baker and Javon Holland hurt. Uh, that's true, but have I, I would say too that uh, if you sign Joe Noteboom or uh, Cornelius Lucas or Brandon Shell to play offensive tackle, you're risking getting your quarterback hurt for 17 games. And mm-hmm. yeah, so no, and, that, it, and that's where the balance comes in. I mean, Noteboom I'm looking at as a guard potentially or to be in that guard mix that if you get somebody that does get hurt at offensive tackle can kick out if needed it it's you know and that's where it's 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 a balance it really is and and for for every Emmanuel Agba that that was hurt and missed time due to this or that for in the three years leading up there's a Will Fuller like it or or you know and that's that's where it's a gamble but I'm not a big fan of gambling that $20 million a year on a position that gets other players hurt. And they're just there's no evidence that he can play a full season anywhere out there. Um, yeah, well, he hasn't. That, that's for sure. Uh, and, yeah, there, it, it, and he would cost $20 million a year. I am 100% on board with risking that because, again, if, if, you, are, if you put Tua – behind a C-minus offensive line, which is what you're going to do if you don't land Teron Armstead or Eric Fisher. And <clears throat> when you get to the draft, yeah, it's, it's a good tackle year, but you're going to have four of those offensive tackles. Uh, Iguanu, Evan Neal, Charles Cross, and Trevor Penning are going to go in the top 15 picks. And then anyone worth a damn is going to be pushed up from that point. Uh, so, so I don't see them fixing that in the draft either. That's why I think you've got to do it here. Um, so offensive line, we could talk about, we've talked about for quite a bit here. There are other positions here in free agency. There's other positions that other players besides Teron Armstead and free agency. Come on. Yeah, and, and you know what? I'm pretty demotivated from talking about the rest of the other positions because uh, <laughs> I don't think they matter if you don't get the offensive line fixed, but running back, uh, Anybody you're interested in uh, in this free agent group? You've got Leonard Fournette, Corderell Patterson, uh, James Conner, who had a lot, what twenty touchdowns or so last year for the Cardinals. 
Uh, Melvin Gordon from the Broncos, who's now 29, believe it or not. Sony Michelle, Chase Edmonds, Rashad Penny, Marlon Mack, Daryl Williams. So a, a pretty deep year at running back, which means that you might be able to get one for, you know, maybe four or five million a year. I might flirt with Cordell Patterson, uh, but in all honesty, I think between the draft and some of the players in, the, in this this year's draft, between the what is it? eight running backs we've got either under contract or or, or or locked to us right now something like that it's i think we're we're going to be able to shake that out just fine with mike mcdaniel running this offense at, i'm not chasing anybody unless i can get a steal yeah i'm in that same spot on that um you know i i i think you'll see these running backs go for like i said four or five million a year and at that point you know, if we get about a week into free agency. And also Raheem Mostert is somebody that uh, sounds like a no-brainer for the Dolphins. Average 5.7 yards a carry with Mike McDaniel with the 49ers. He's now recovered from his uh, torn ACL, so he should be good to go um, week one of training camp um, on that. So that that's somebody else who's, who's a little bit interesting. Um, Rashad Penny. Uh, I, and again, I, I'm, I'm going back to this availability versus talent thing. I loved him when he went to San Diego State. I, I was totally fine with the Seahawks drafting him in the first round, even though that was really perceived as a reach. And anytime he's gotten on the field, he's averaged over five yards a carry. Uh, now, the difference with him and Atron Armstead is if you sign him, you may be only spending four or five million a year, and at which point, if he gets hurt, it's not a huge deal. So he, he's one guy I'd be interested in. Cornell Patterson is, is fascinating because even though he's 31 now, believe it or not, his career seems to only be getting started. Um, but and he's obviously versatile, and he was a huge weapon for the Falcons last year. So, yeah, he's, he's somebody that, that jumps out to me as well. I'm not interested in Fournette, not interested in James Conner, and, and I, I'd be more likely to, to you know, look at the draft as opposed to free agency in general. Yeah, and, and one one quick note too, because somebody asked about him in chat. I I don't think Patrick Laird is going to be back with this team. Uh, yeah, I agree. Um, Laird, Savan Ahmed. I I would even see Miles Gaskin. Um, you know, I I really like Duke Johnson. What he showed last year. If mm-hmm. if you're telling me the Dolphins spent all their resources on offensive line and return return Duke Johnson and a you know mid round pick or mid you know, our cheap free agent. I could see that working. I could see the running game still being good in those circumstances. Um, see, uh, you know, pass rusher, you know, I, I say the Dolphins either get Agba back or go cheap or go to the draft with that. Linebacker, you mentioned Devondre Campbell, who had a breakout year last year with the with the Packers. I mean, he's he was with the Cardinals previously. Uh, he's been with a couple of teams. 26 years old, more of a 3-4 inside linebacker. I think he's going to be pretty pricey, too. It wouldn't surprise me if he and, and Foyer Olakon from the uh, Falcons got north of $10 million a year. Yeah, I mean, it, it's possible. And, and based on what I saw him last season and the way I think he and Jerome Baker could pair at that linebacker spot, Miami needs at least one starting linebacker this offseason and at least one high-end backup linebacker this offseason. There are not a lot of linebackers on this roster under contract, and the linebacker position is very critical in Josh Boyer's defense. You need to be smart. You need to be athletic. We've struggled to cover out of the backfield at times, 
And, and so that's where Miami really needs to get those one or two linebackers via free agency and or the draft. That's why anybody that's watched the show has heard me mention guys like Chad Muma um, and a few others. And, and I know we parked on it a lot in our, our combine wrap-up because this is a critical position. Our, we can't afford to see this defense fall off next year. And, and that's where getting somebody solid who is if we get a player that doesn't guess and can read an offense, we're already an upgrade over a Landon Roberts. Yes. Um, you bet. And, and that's why at linebacker, I think that, that someone could be had at a good price. Uh, two players I've mentioned, Leighton Vanderesh, if he's willing, he, he's had a rough couple of years, but the ability is there. Um, if you sign him, you may not sign him for a lot. And there's a lot of upside there. And if he's only tasked with replacing Landon Roberts, then I, I think that, he can stay more focused on, on just one particular thing as opposed to being this all-world first-round pick linebacker. I, I could see that working. Um, Rashad Evans from the Titans kind of falls in that same territory. Again, not not somebody who's going to help you out a lot in pass defense, but as far as being a downhill thumper linebacker, I think he can fill that role and be better at it than Landon Roberts. Josie Jewell as well from the Broncos, same thing. Um, Jordan Hicks. So, Jordan, yeah, Jordan Hicks was just released from the Cardinals. He he could be a really good fit, and and he's somebody that it seems like they've been trying to get out of the lineup for a while. They've drafted inside linebackers in the top fifteen picks in their last two drafts. Isaiah Simmons, as well as um, <clears throat> uh, Zaven Collins, and Jordan Hicks comes away as the best one out of all of them, and he gets thanked for that by by uh, by getting a release. So. Yeah, he, he's also north of uh, north of thirty. Also in the chat, I see mentioned Bobby Wagner, yep. who has made I believe seven straight Pro Bowls. I would argue strongly that this past year he was not deserving of that at all, and I think he's definitely losing a step. He's going to be highly sought after too on a short term contract. I think he's going to be pricey, and at that point, I would stay away. Now, two of the lower mid-grade guys i'm curious to get your thoughts on cat uh nick vigil who you know <laughs> brother of zach vigil um and then alex anzalone from detroit yeah uh, alex uh, anzalone was uh, with the saints previously um he's been hurt a lot throughout his career but yeah i i would i'd be interested in either one of them there are 15 20 linebackers here that you know I think could come in and be an upgrade from Landon Roberts. And that, that's why I think the Dolphins are in a good position there. So uh, Alex uh, Anzalone and Nick Vigil, yeah, I mean, I, I'd, be, I'd be good with them. And I think they'd only cost a few million a year. So I'm good with that. Which brings us to fullback, Paul. Uh, <laughs> yes. Um, a couple of names that have been mentioned, uh, mentioned in the chat here, too. We're tied to every fullback, baby. I love it. Yep, we're one of the only teams that do. We're just busting out the old leather helmets going back to the 70s and 80s. Uh, Let's do it. Well, actually, the leather helmets back in the 50s and 60s. You, you know what I'm saying. Um, Alec Ingold from the Raiders, only 25, solid player, and he's been linked because of Frank Smith to the Dolphins. He's somebody I could certainly see coming here. And, you know, I mentioned Patrick Ricard in the past as a free agent. After reflection here, uh, you know, I. I think he's going to be a little pricier. He's a lot slower than like an Alec Ingold too. So I, I don't know if he's the greatest fit in this offense, 
Um, but yeah, him and uh, Andy uh, Janovich from the Browns, they just decided not to tender. So he is also somebody who's available. Um, or the you Browns treat him like you treat fullbacks, cat. That's right. <laughs> Garbage. I mean, put somebody. Hey, put Chris. I don't care. Uh, you know what? Just tell me who you want at fullback and so we can move on. I want Chigakonkwo in the draft. I Sounds think, good. I think you want All right. you can fill it in the draft. And don't sleep on I wouldn't be shocked to see McDaniel take a look at Jared or Garrett Dokes and his ability to block and potentially flirt with that idea with somebody that's already on the roster. Yeah. Oh god, I'm glad we got that over with. All right, uh, here's another you, you question. You're, you're going to buy whatever fullback's jersey just to be petty, so they get hurt. Oh, that's a good idea, actually. Uh, yeah, I'm going to buy you a Teron Armstead jersey if 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 he comes here, and maybe your luck and his luck will cancel out. Hopefully, uh, or he'll you know basically burn a school full of children. Uh, we'll see. Like Adam. Adam Schefter is reporting that if Lael Collins does not find a trade partner, the Dolph or the uh, Cowboys could release him. So that that would that's be nice. A I, bag of apples. Yeah, that's that would be really a nice signing here for the Dolphins if, if that were to happen. Carry some risk, but again, I, I'm, I'm ability over durability as far as I'm concerned. Um, and just a couple other random questions here and uh, names that have been thrown out there. Paul, would you trade a second-round pick, pick 50, for Christian McCaffrey? No. Okay. I would lean toward no, too. Now, the reason for that for me is, and, and I'm to make it clear that I'm not contradicting myself on this, Christian McCaffrey's played 10 games in the last two years and has left two of them. Okay. I think the difference with him and a Teron Armstead is that McCaffrey's playing style is what gets him hurt. And I think he'd be an incredible checkdown weapon for the for the Dolphins. I could see a lot of good in trading for Christian McCaffrey. I would definitely lean toward no uh, on it because he's somebody that he, he, you get him in here and he touches the ball 30 times a game for three games. It's just a matter of time till he, till he bites the dust. So... I would probably go away from that too. We'll we'll see what happens with him. We, I do think McCaffrey we, will be playing for a different team this year. We could potentially have an all pro IR list next year, depending on how free agency goes. Um uh, yeah, or if they stay healthy, you could have an incredible jump in talent. Um uh, because I'll tell you this, it, it you if you've got seven quarterbacks in the AFC, six of them franchise quarterbacks, and you've got um Derek Carr, who is significantly better than what Tua has shown, let's be honest. Maybe Tua can take that next step up. And if Deshaun Watson gets traded to the end, I mean, you've got to do something with the rest of this team. Like, you have you have to be able to win in a different way. You, you, cannot, you cannot be a C, C-plus talent-wise at just about every position but cornerback. Like, that, oh, that, that, that can't happen. If you do that, the Dolphins have no chance to get to the playoffs anytime soon. I agree with that, and, and that's where, you know, it, it's it's again, it comes back to that balance. Like it, it's, I mean, the good thing I'll say here, and, and I'll say this to our listeners is, Cat and I both want to fix this team. In, in a lot of ways, 
we see the same holes on the team, and we, we do have some different ways of fixing them. But, again, at the end of the day, we care about this team just as much as anybody in this chat. So, you know, there's a lot of good options here, and hopefully Miami's able to pick the right ones and the right path forward, which I do have the faith in. And one of the things, and this is, this is funny, because, like, I still wouldn't, like, if... Christian McCaffrey was a free agent. I wouldn't sign him except for at the right price. Like, I definitely wouldn't give up a second rounder for him. Where I differ as far as McCaffrey goes is when he misses games. Um, and if one of our admins can ban that dude with that with that new username, that'd be awesome. Um, if he misses games, he doesn't get other people hurt. And if you've got guys like Jalen Waddle on the field... Um, you know, maybe James Cook from the draft or Brees Hall from the draft. You can supplement what Christian McCaffrey does, even if it's not quite at the same level. Thanks, absolutely, Brandon. absolutely. Uh, and I would also say too, I wouldn't trade a conditional seventh rounder for Saquon Barkley, who I think is overrated garbage. Quite frankly, and not only does he not stay healthy, but when he gets on the field. There are so many games where he he has ten carries for nine yards, leaves hurt. Like it, every time it, he's it's same same player at Penn State. When he would get the handoff, he tries to run around the entire defense. That doesn't work in the NFL. We saw it when when the Dolphins played the Giants this past year. Um, I way way too many flaws in his game. Um, yeah, Eric P uh, said uh, Brees uh, talked about Brees Hall. Absolutely. Um, he's somebody that that in the draft I would certainly like at running back. So a lot of different ways this team could go. Um, Thinking in terms of Brees Hall real quick, because I know we talked a little bit before about would you trade a, a second-round pick for Lyle Collins. Would you rather have Lyle Collins or would you rather have Brees Hall? Because that's basically what we're boiling down to at that point. Uh, yeah, and, and it, you know, I... Uh, it doesn't look like Lael Collins is going to cost a second rounder. Uh, I, I thought because of his price tag of being only you know ten million dollars that he could be had for a second rounder, but I, I, I guess I'm wrong there. Um, so he, uh, uh, I, I would certainly keep an eye on that. And you're right. I mean, you may have to if you trade a second rounder for anybody, you may be losing out on a 21 or 22 year old running back who could come in and play right away. Um, Another two thing too I meant to mention at the beginning of the show is Byron Jones had surgery. He's going to be out a couple of months, but it's going to be ready for training camp. And uh, it may sound strange, but I'm glad because now all of his money is fully guaranteed this year. He's going to be with the team. I think any talk of him or Xavier Howard being off this team next year is absolute nonsense because uh, I've said before, this defense does not work without great cornerback play. So for me, in addition to keeping X and Byron Jones and Nick Needham was also tendered with a second round tender, that's good too. You've got, who knows? Uh, I mean, Igbenogany, you've got to think as a bonus at this point if he does anything well. It's I am 100%. Igbenogany has been referred to as a bonus, by the way. Uh, if it, Meaning if he does anything. Uh, he's, he's, that's a bonus. Uh, I know. First, I'll tell you what, if a cornerback falls to 29 that I like, I'm 100% in for drafting a cornerback because it may not be a need today, but in 2023 or 2024, it's going to be a massive need uh, yeah. as Byron Jones and X get on the other side of 30. And and that's where 
you know, I, I, I know I mentioned him before, but a guy to keep an eye on in this draft that we haven't talked a lot about yet, and I know we'll talk about more so as we as we move towards the draft, is a guy like Trent McDuffie. He's a guy that should be there at 29, potentially, and, you know, everybody wants to talk about Sauce Gardner and, and what he did, and it, it was amazing. But Trent McDuffie this past year was almost as good of a shutdown corner, and he's sliding under the radar for a lot of teams. Yeah, and uh, uh, Mike Renner from PFF mentioned, too, that with Kyler Gordon and Trent McDuffie, a cornerback, like, teams like flat out didn't throw against Washington a lot. Yeah. Uh, and that that's how, how good it I think McDuffie's a little better fit in a zone-heavy type of scheme because he's not the fastest guy in this defense. you got to cover all over the field. But, yeah, if he's there at 29, I, I, would, certainly, I would certainly be interested. And I think he could. I think he is kind of scheme transcendent, too, uh, to a degree. But I think he's a better fit in a zone defense. But... Um, uh, Tariq okay. Woolen any, any at, at cornerback too. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead with no, Tariq. Tariq Woolen at cornerback too is somebody who really interests me, even at twenty nine, because four two six, six foot four, two hundred pounds, long press cornerback who's only played corner for two years. I, I would certainly be interested. Um, what were you going to say? Um, no, I. Is there anything you do at safety? I mean, there's not a tremendous number of safeties out there that I'm really eyeballing given and and i know a lot of people are suddenly coupon clippers with this team i'm not cutting eric Rowe. i'm sorry Uh, i'm just not yeah i i'm not either um you know one thing if 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 they decided that we're gonna cut eric Rowe to get a safety that has a little bit more range than jones and Rowe. That would make sense, but otherwise, no, I, I'd stick with what the Dolphins have. Somebody who I really like in the draft, too, if he ends up falling like to the second round, is um, uh, Lewis Sinney from Georgia, Yep, who is a great athlete, tested out very, very well, and is only getting better. Great body control, looks the part. If you put he and Javon Holland back there at safety, I think you're going to have one of the best duos in the NFL for a long time. So... I would lean a little bit more toward the draft if the Dolphins end up going going that road. And 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 I wasn't laughing at at, at him because he he is a guy that I like as well. I was more laughing because you know something I said last show. Um, neither of us are Georgia fans, but how good was Georgia this year that I don't think we've gotten through an off season show without mentioning them or at least one of their players. Uh, even here on our free agency show, we're still talking Georgia. <laughs> Georgia's defense is going to have six players drafted in the top 50 yeah. easily and probably 10 de- players on defense drafted period. Cause you've, you're going to have Jordan Davis, uh, Trayvon Walker, Devon Wyatt, Nicobe Dean are going to be first rounders. And then Quay Walker and Lewis Sinney have a chance to be first rounders. And then you've got a cornerback. You've got Goodrich. You've got Adam Anderson, who was kicked off the team, but still could be a late rounder. Uh, Channing Tindall, and I'm sure there's another guy or two there. I'm forgetting. So I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's going to be crazy. But Paul, who is one player? Uh, I'll I'll end the show like this. Who is one player in all of free agency that you point to and say the Dolphins are going to get him? Could be uh, an expensive one. Could be an inexpensive one. This is not going to win me any fans or love or followers, but, you know, it, I think Miami's going to go out and get Morgan Moses. 
Um, and that's not a sexy pick, but he actually plays a lot better than, than the helmet that was on his head this the, the past few years. And he doesn't allow a tremendous amount of pass pressures. He's a fantastic run blocker. And he's probably going to be a much cheaper option than he should be. And by the way, I love that Tyler Orion mentioned Christian Kirk. You remember me pounding the table for the guy as a developmental player uh, a few years ago as somebody with tremendous upside, and he's starting to realize that he could be so. We God, did we talk about wide receiver? Oh Jesus, wide receiver. I, I'm going to say quickly because because uh, I'm running short on time here. Uh, Braxton Berrios is somebody. If you can get it at a good price, I would be all in for. Um, Cedric Wilson also from the Cowboys yep. too. So yeah, um, DJ, DJ Chark and Christian Kirk as well. Sure, I I think I I would I would I think you're going to be shocked by how much money they get. I, I'm talking maybe. I'm talking and and, and if they fifteen million a year, it was more the if of it. Yeah, like yeah, absolutely. Uh, one guy I'll point to is um, I think they're going to get Toronto Armstead. I I really believe that they are because Mike McDaniel saw they took a risk with Trent Williams. They traded a second round pick for him, and he came in and he stayed healthy. So. I, I think I think they're going to get Armstead. My second choice would be Lakin Tomlinson because he played for the 49ers and yep. has a, had his career turned around. Anyway, that's going to do it here for our breakdown of free agency. I'm Brian Cat NFL. Paul is fanatic underscore pick on Twitter. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, all of our social media outlets. Thank you all for joining us here today. And uh, we're going to have some shows next week as the free agency news starts to come in. And if it's not on the right side and it's not on the left side, it is on the fin side. Save big money on your outdoor project now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money.